HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is sponsored by Bob's Red Mill. With natural foods, they support organic, vegan, paleo, and gluten-free lifestyles. Learn more about their commitment to good food for all at bobsredmill.com slash podcast. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily and supermarket, but what is beyond the sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I will try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Elizabeth Sando, who already joined us twice on episodes 18 and 61, and talked about the essential elements of washoku, as well as the unique concepts of ichimotsu zenshoku and tsukushi kondate. Elizabeth is a food writer and Japanese cooking instructor based in Tokyo, and she has been uh, in Japan for the last 50 years. And she runs the culinary art program called A Taste of Culture, which offers a great opportunity for non-Japanese people to explore Japanese culture through its food. So um, if you haven't uh, planned to Japan, uh, a trip to Japan, maybe you can just think of joining her program. It's called A Taste of Culture. And Elizabeth is also the author of six cookbooks, including award-winning washoku, Recipes from the Japanese Kitchen, published in 2005. And today's topic is Japanese pickles, or tsukemono. Japanese tsukemono is unique, and it's not just brined or cured in vinegar, but also are made with unique pickling agents such as kasu. And the diversity of Japanese pickles is pretty amazing. So today we'll discuss different kinds of Japanese pickling techniques, regional varieties of tsukemono, and easy recipes that you can try, and much, much more. But quickly before we start, Japan Needs is available on Heritage Radio Network website as well as on iTunes and the Stitcher's podcast. 
so please go to iTunes and Stitcher and subscribe to Japan Hits and please write a review on iTunes and Stitcher and we really appreciate your feedback. Also,、uh, if you have any ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. And you can email us at japanneeds at heritageradionetwork.org. And today's topic, it's kimono, is actually、uh, requested by one of our listeners. So thank you so much. Now, let's start our conversation with Elizabeth Sando. Hello, Elizabeth. Welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be here. So,、um, so you're back、uh, visiting the US. So, what is it for this time? A、uh, number of things. We're actually going up to Boston tomorrow.、Mm. I'm going to be doing a program for the culinary historians up there and also for Milk Street、mm. cooking class.、Um, but when you asked me about this kimono, I was delighted because it's the kind of thing that people seem to be very interested in, but they don't really quite get a handle on it.、Mm. And the difference between Japanese skemono and what most people think of as pickles. Right, like、yeah. cucumber in the, in a jar. Right. Kind of. And、uh, most people have an image of either salt andor vinegar being used, and I think that's pretty common around the world. But、mm. there are a lot of, I don't know that they're unique to Japan, but they're certainly distinctive and,、mm. and they characterize Japanese、um, world of skemono. But different, I call them agents of change, and it sounds a little sinister. <laughs> Um, as if you know, some other agency was going to come and, and, and talk to us. But indeed, that's what they are. They, take, they make changes happen to the、uh, ingredients. And I think one of the things that、uh, I found so remarkable about skemono was that the length of time、mm. that it took to make them could be as quick as today, I'm going to show you 20 minutes.、Mm. Or it could be as long as Narazuke is probably the longest, and it's several years. Oh, wow. Really delayed gratification、mm. um, before they reach eating pleasure. Interesting. Right. So I think,、uh, you know, last time in episode 61,、right. you talked about Ichimotsu Zenshuku,、right. which I think is、uh, not to waste anything, and、uh, right. the preserving is、uh, something valuable. In Japanese culture, so it's kimono is it, also. It is, and, and being able to use something over a period of time.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, one of the other points, or, or probably if anybody out there has, has tried to make any kind of Japanese kimono, they've realized that there are sort of different stages in that transformation.、Mm-hmm. And、um, there's the raw ingredient, and then the point at which you know that it's no longer raw, something has happened to it. Heat hasn't been applied, but、mm-hmm. something has happened to it. Um, but it might not yet be mellow and delicious and fully flavored, and it takes a bit longer to reach that、um, mature eating pleasure stage.、Mm. But then the problem often is how long can you hold it there? So, not all Japanese skemono are preserves.、Mm. And I can't believe that many of them were with the notion of extending shelf life.、Mm. I think that many of them were. Created, if you will, or discovered,、um, happened、uh, because of the eating pleasure possibilities.、Mm. A different way of changing and transforming their ingredients,、right. um, but not necessarily to extend shelf life.、Mm, interesting, because I think、uh, lately in the States, also, like especially like Brooklyn Kombucha Company, or that、right. kind of thing, fermented food is、uh, the way to make. Uh, umami more expressed in food.、Right. So I think that bacteria based cultured food is、uh, something we haven't looked at deeply enough. Right. I, there's definitely, I would, 
I probably would call it round flavor or complex. Mm. Um, and there's no doubt about it, but that some of these organisms um, create a more complex and a fuller flavor, more mm. satisfaction about it. But not all of them um, help deter spoilage. Mm. And many people think of um, pickles uh, or other preserves, uh, sweet preserves like jams or jellies, as things that really last a terribly long time. Mm. And that's not always true about right. Japanese skimono. Okay. It's, it's a lot of them are of the moment. Mm, okay, yeah. like a cherry blossoms. Yes, <laughs> that's a, that, that is a good point. I think it is very much a cherry blossom attitude mm, right. towards food. So <laughs> like a very uh, a not eternal. No, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. <laughs> right. right. Okay. So uh, so we're going to talk about the details uh, in a moment. Right. But uh, first of all, what is um, by definition what is skimono? That's the uh, um, mono is a thing, and skedu describes the process of transformation. Mm. And what's interesting is when you write it in the calligraphy, it has a sanzuihen or a liquid mm. uh, on on the left. So uh, most of them are brine, right. or eventually a liquid is drawn out from the natural moisture of the food. Mm. Um, but it's a transformed. Thing. Right. <laughs> well, I think typically people, you know, in the States might think of uh, gari, like a ginger yes. in that sushi place. That's a classic, like, basic skimono. Okay. Right. Um, certainly, um, that's uh, two things that are um, specific to that style of skimono. Um, one is that a bit of heat has been applied. Mm. So the ginger is briefly blanched. And the reason for doing that is not so much to make it tender as it is to kill off a certain enzyme mm. that would interfere ah. with the flavor development. Interesting. Um, and also to, to allow it to stay fresh longer. Mm. So if you don't quickly blanch it before you put it in this sweet and sour sauce, something called amazu, mm. um, to pickle it, uh, it will spoil quickly huh. and it will never really... Develop the flavor of the amazu. Right. So it's kind of, in a way, the bacteria management, and you have to know. It is, it right. is. And there are a few skemono that are not technically raw mm. nama. Okay. Um, they have been briefly, briefly mm. um, zapped with heat, usually by, by dipping it in boiling water. Right. Okay, and I was looking at uh, some history, and it's that skimono can go back mm. as far as 10,000 years in Japan. <laughs> and the 8th wow. century, <laughs> they already had uh, um, very popular dishes like uh, eggplant yes. and the squashed skimono. And <laughs> the people have okay. been very familiar with skimono. Yes, indeed. Right. I, interesting. Uh, eggplant, uh, it really is an ancient um, vegetable, one of the first that was really cultivated. And um, there are so many different kinds of uh, eggplant skemono. Mm. Probably the most commonly recognized is shibazuke. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Kyoto, probably um, listeners have had it. It's that sort of purpley pink. Very mm. Usually it's been very finely chopped. Most of it's eggplant. A little bit might be ginger or right. yoga, which is related to ginger. And uh, udi, which is a gourd, but it's more like a cucumber. Mm. Um, 
and uh, it's been colored and flavored with something called akajiso. Mm. So a lot of people are familiar with the green shiso leaf, mm -hmm. but a related plant, um, the akajiso, is used, and that's what gives uh, pickle plums their color right. as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually, I just purchased uh, for the summer gardening. I purchased a purple wow. shiso. Wow. So maybe okay. they can use. Well, I'm not I was going to rec recommend or suggest that people can do that. Shiso is, is fairly easy to grow on your own. Mm. And if you do, and you grow regular shiso, um, let it grow to seed so that you get the whole jiso, the very top. You'll see these mm. little almost bell-like right. pieces. And um, if you take those off and add them to things like salad, we're going to actually be making a little quick pickle here right. in, in the studio, and you add those into it, it's a wonderful flavor. Mm. But the aka jiso um, for pickling is usually... Uh, massaged with salt mm. and bled. It bleeds a color more intense than beet juice. Uh, okay. Right. So it breaks down the fiber and then But the similar. And anybody who does any dyeing of fabric or yarn, mm. Akajiso is terrific. Gorgeous, gorgeous right. um, pinky purple um, color. But the, uh, the leaves themselves are used for pickling, mm. and they do have antibacterial properties. Oh, wow. right. So um, after the pickling process is finished, the, sh the shiso leaves, the akajiso leaves are dried mm. and uh, pulverized, made into a powder. Right. It's called yukari, mm, and right. it's sprinkled on rice, especially in the summer, mm. um, to prevent spoilage. Interesting. Yeah. So color and the spoilage prevention. Yes, you indeed. You can do better than that. So I just wanted to mention that, you know, that you mentioned Kyoto. Yes. And uh, Nishiki Market in Kyoto. Yes. So I, I still remember, like, there is, a, like, the couple skimono shops, and you can taste pretty much everything. Yes. And it's so colorful that you can't help pictures for Instagram. Right. <laughs> Seriously, it's really it, beautiful. It's, it, it is beautiful, and usually people try, when they're serving skimono, to have two, probably three different kinds, and they're probably different colors, and different slightly different methods mm. uh, for making the pickle right. so a variety of them and um they are i skimono is probably my favorite course in a meal mm. okay so uh now i see you got <laughs> amazing uh ingredients to the I studio do. i so do do can a quick pickle. Can I start? Please. Can people hear that? I chopped up some um, haksai. It was sold at a local Japanese food market. Right, Napa cabbage, Chinese right, cabbage. Right, Napa cabbage. And the package on the outside said it was a little more than a pound. Mm. So I decided to use about a, a hefty tablespoon of salt. So I have it in a... A sturdy, resealable bag. Fog, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to put it on my lap. And the pieces themselves are about, I'm not great on inches, but about an inch and a half. I'm used to metric. Um, an inch and a half or so mm -hmm. pieces. And I'm about to sprinkle in. Just like coarse uh, sea salt? Very yeah. coarse salt. It was um, sold as kosher salt. Mm -hmm. It seemed to be probably the best um, or the closest. In Japan, I would use um, uh, sea salt known as endin, mm -hmm. which is really evaporated seawater. Right. And it has lots of minerals in it. Mm. So now we're going to just 
sort of loosely close the top, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pretend I have sore shoulders and I'm massaging them. <laughs> That's just about the right amount of pressure. Right. I um, wish I was the the, the, the bag instead. <laughs> well, I don't know. So as soon as I do that, some liquid starts to come out. Mm. Can you see that there's? A little bit of liquid. Right. And as soon as I have a little bit of liquid, I'm ready to add any other ingredients that I want. Mm. So the salt is the essential mm-hmm. part to get the process going, and it's drawing out the natural uh, liquids that mm. are in the vegetable, in this case the haksai. Right. And what I've decided to add... Um, Almost always is kombu. Kombu is sort of the essence of um, umami, that potential. Mm. And I have a piece, it's about mm, two, and a, two, two and a half inches square, and I'm, it's dried, so I'm breaking it <laughs> like this into pieces. <laughs> and um, I sometimes I will cut them very, very thin, like with the scissors, and um, sometimes I'll keep them larger so that they're easy to pull out afterwards. Mm. The kumbu is going to be tough, so either it has to be extremely thin, Mm -hmm. or it has to be big enough that you can pull it out afterwards. Um, So once you've got a little bit of of liquid happening from the massaging, Mm. oops, we're going (laughs) to... We can add the kombu. And then the other thing I was going to add was uh, togarashi, a chili pepper, Mm, just to add a little bit of spice. Um, Depending upon how much heat you do or do not want, I've got a whole one here, and I'm breaking it in half, she said, struggling. There we go. (laughs) And I'm taking out a few of the extra seeds so that it doesn't become overwhelmingly um, hot. Right. I, I myself do not have a mouth of asbestos, and I tend to do things a little bit on the milder, on the milder side. Okay. But again, I'm leaving it big enough now that we can um, pull it out right. afterwards. Um, if you were going to want to keep it in and serve it that way, probably cutting very, very thin pieces okay. is the better way. Right. So. So it's only in big uh, ziplock and the napa cabbage, kombu, salt, and then uh, the. The togarashi pepper. That's that's right. it. And that's it. In the studio, there's no water, anything. There's there's nothing. There's nothing else, folks. And now, I'll, so that it's not too noisy as I continue to massage. Right. Um, if you've got somebody who's sort of offering to help in the kitchen but doesn't really want to do a whole lot, give mm. them a bag of this to squeeze. Right. <laughs> um, or even the kids, if they're watching TV, if they're playing a game, they need their thumbs for other things. Right. But, um, it would work. And we're going to um, get it just a little bit more um, wilted uh, and then really tighten it up and just leave it for about minimum of 20 minutes. Mm, and it wow. could be a couple of hours. If it was going to be a very warm day or your kitchen tends to be very warm, I'd probably put it in the fridge mm. for a couple of hours. Right. And it'll be salad-like, but Mm. a delightful salad that doesn't need a dressing um, in about um, 30 minutes. Mm. And uh, two or three days later, it'll be more uh, fermented, and it will be more like a skemono. Okay. And it'll keep for a week. Right. So within 20 minutes, it's still a breaking down process, so it's not the bacteria activated, but two or three days, it's more like uh, I think lactic acid. Lactic acid is um, the, the the first and most obvious mm. um, uh, ch- 
change that takes place. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna. Okay. And uh, so the that's the basic salt cured. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, so in 20 minutes, we're going to check what's going、right. to happen. Indeed. Right. So, the, other than the salt based,、uh, what other, other kind of agents can mix kimono? Well, the first thing you mentioned about the ginger, the, the vinegar, sometimes it's vinegar alone, but usually it's in combination with sugar, so there is a sort of a sweet and sour.、Mm. And、um, sometimes it is just a sweet and sour、um, liquid and it's submerged in there. And again, it's a question of waiting.、Mm-hmm. It could be as quick. I'm trying to think of something like、um, Kohaku Namasu at、mm. New Year's time, the daikon and carrot、right. um, salad. That could be ready in 20 minutes、mm, as、oh, wow. well. Yeah. But you could make it two or three days ahead of time and keep it in the refrigerator.、Mm. Um, But again, if you buy leaving the simple vinegar or salt based、uh, bacteria, lactic acid, and maybe something out of、uh, each ingredient. Yes, and, and、uh, in the example of this red and white salad that's usually used,、uh, served at New Year's, there's also usually citron, yuzu skin that's added、mm. to it, or sometimes mikan peel or、right. others. And so you have some of the citrus overtones、mm. as well, and some of whatever that natural fermentation that happens from there. But I think、um, one of the.、Uh, Classic Japanese agents of change is something called koji.、Mm. And、um, it's recently caught the attention of a number of people.、Right. And it's likely that you could buy the paste.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, aspergillus. Yeah. Or, or as, I don't, really can't pronounce <laughs> so, it. So it's much easier to say in koji in, in, in Japanese.、Right. Um, and、uh, It can be a dry, but it's likely that you're going to see it as a loose paste.、Mm-hmm. Uh, it might look a little bit like loose oatmeal. Right. <laughs> so it's basically malted rice. Yes. Right? So uh, the, uh, it's、uh, malted with salt. It is. Salt, again, is, is that initial agent of, of change.、Mm-hmm. Once the,、um, these good bacteria that we can't pronounce properly、mm. um, get to work, they. Uh, create a, a,、uh, a medium、uh, that in which you can submerge other things. You can also mix it and toss it with them.、Right. And、uh, there are many different kinds of skemono that use koji、mm. as the agent of change,、right. uh, particularly in areas that produce sake and r- a lot of rice that is used for sake. So a lot、mm. of the tohoku. Has、uh, koji uh, based skemono. Right.、Um, Can I say、well. one thing? Because、yeah. I, I made a shokoji myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's good to say. In New York, there is a koji, you know, the kind of like the, base. The, the base? Yeah, yeah, and then you can just add、um, salt. Right. And、um, you just basically mix, mix it for like a week. Right. Nothing else. And then it lasts like six months, and I, I put meat or fish in it overnight. And as if I'm a good chef, I can cook everything, any kind of protein. It tenderizes. So, so, what koji will do, you have to use just a little and use it well, I think. <laughs>、right. um, it, it will make a, a great difference.、Mm-hmm. And、um, if you, it's not the kind of marinade that you want to leave it in there for too terribly long、mm. because it will bring. Begin to break down all of the protein、right. and the fiber, and you're going to lose everything to the medium rather than have the meat or the fish、right. taste, taste good.、Um, but it's a great 
kind of um, flavoring to add when you don't have a whole lot of time. Right. So even just um, uh, putting out a surface, maybe it's clear plastic wrap, putting a little bit of koji on mm. top of it, putting a piece of fish or meat, a little bit of koji on top of that, closing up the wrap and waiting 10 minutes mm. before you would broil it, grill it, or... Uh, sear it in a pan right. is enough to make a huge difference mm. in the roundness of the flavor. Right. Um, if if you've got the time to be able to put it in overnight, it would be great. But it doesn't have to even be that that long mm. um, for so, koji. But that is shio koji, right? So the right. koji that the one you sorry, I kind of that you know diverted. But so the koji is malted rice, and you can mix koji. In, in my case, I mix with salt. But then right. you can mix it with miso and another things. You can. Soul. Usually what is sold as uh, what I referred to as sort of a, um, a loose paste mm-hmm. is shiokoji. Okay. And there's a fair amount of, of liquid that eventually gets produced. Mm. And how much of that is going to land up in the package when it's actually sold commercially changes vastly here in America, the products that I've seen. Right. Most of the prepared shiokoji mm. that you buy in markets in Japan is a very thick paste. Right. And sometimes people will thin it out for mm. themselves. Um, few people in Japan, because it's easy to buy this paste, will actually t- make the shiokoji themselves right. with the salt and the koji. Mm. So koji is like really one unique thing. And I think we really want to talk about uh, nukazuke. Yes. Um, so the other is nuka. Mm-hmm. And it does go back to this notion of using food fully. The, uh, and nuka is what is removed from the rice when it is polished to make white rice. Mm-hmm. So it's really the bran, uh, the rice bran. And as a powder, it doesn't seem to have a great deal of interest or power to it but mix it with a little bit of liquid Mm. and get it going and it's the most amazing Um, when people come to programs um, in my kitchen in in Tokyo uh, no matter what the program is no matter what the meal is going to be inevitably I will serve nukazuke I've got a nuka pot that Mm. uh, I've had for many many years And um, the first thing that I asked people is um, how long they think, what time did I put? It's usually cucumber. Did mm. I put the cucumber? Right. But in? wait, so the nuka, you know, it's funny thing, this having a nuka yeah. base or right. bed is right. like having a, a dog or a baby. Yes. Because you have to, once you, you know, that it's brand. High maintenance. Right. So you <laughs> have a brand and you make a bed, right? So how do you make the bed? Well, the liquid, um, it's easier to start with a starter if somebody gives you a seed, Mm -hmm. a a tane that's that's going to start it off. But um, often it's beer, and that's the most convenient way to start it is... um, with beer. Sounds easy. <laughs> yeah, they just pour it in and, and, and let it start in on it on its way. Um, it has to be monitored, and um, I didn't think to put that up on my website, but I will when I go back today. I have a copy of an article I wrote for a Japanese newspaper, an English article for a Japanese newspaper, mm. um, about my pickle pot. Mm. Um, 
and it talks about how my starting having to restart. I think it. I read it. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put that up so that people can can download that as well. Um, but it is high maintenance, and as a matter of fact, I'm away from my pickle pot now for mm. about two weeks, right. and um, I developed uh, ways of keeping it mm-hmm. uh, so that it didn't uh, go off. But yes, it's in the refrigerator right now. Okay. Uh, it wouldn't be left at room temperature right. without somebody to monitor it every day. Mm. So basically, it's a uh, um, aerobic bacteria that yes. they have to mix it every day so that it's aired enough. So every day right. and and when i remove the pot and i show people i say what do you see and mm. most of them don't comment on the flat, fact that it's flat and patted down mm. and i point out, that out to them that that means that there's something actively pickling in there okay. when you're not actively using it it needs to be aerated okay. you should never be patting it right. back down again um so most people when they taste the cucumber they guess mm couple of days mm. a few people say a couple of weeks okay um almost always it's less than six hours mm. okay <laughs> so. when i when i let them taste it it does change depending on the time of year right and the warmer weather it goes faster and um really only an hour and a half two hours would be enough okay and uh in the middle of winter often after i finished dinner i will put in what i need for the next night mm, okay so so basically hours. once you own that white brown based nuka that's n-u-k-a right. so once you have it if it's even if it's high maintenance you can just throw it in and the six hours you have like cucumber or um eggplant or daikon right and also turnips it? i love turnips cover ah, okay. when they're available any kind of turnip or or um radish mm. is wonderful and even the little red radishes mm-hmm. um Um, are great. They're going to bleed a little bit, so that some of the, that red, mm. the pink, will get in there, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, yeah. that sounds interesting. So, Nuka, N-U-K-A, listeners, right. if you want to try it. So, we can take a quick break here, and when you come back, we talk a little bit more about unique uh, pickling agents of Japan, and uh, many more. So, please stay with us. <laughs> Bob's Red Mill is a proud sponsor of Heritage Radio Network and a big supporter of organic farmers. Ray and Tom Williams are two farmers who have worked with Bob for years and co-own an organic farm in eastern Oregon and Washington. Ray shares what their relationship with Bob's Red Mill means to them. We thought that for over the long term, we thought it would make sense, better sense for the soil. Also, we thought that uh, it was something that would improve the quality of the food uh, supply. We're lucky in that we're working with Bob's Red Mill. We're part of a uh, regional food network. Uh, with Bob is a fundamental uh, relationship and cornerstone to that. We also work with other best of class people in the Northwest, and we're thankful for the long term relationship that's brought、uh, good things to the soil and good things to our long term farm economic plans. We appreciate his attitude toward absolutely high standard for the benefit of his customers. We take pride in meeting those standards. Learn more about Bob's Red Mill and their commitment to good food for all at bobsredmill.comslash podcast.
Welcome back. You're listening to Japanese podcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Elizabeth Sando, a food writer and cookbook author and Japanese cooking instructor based in Tokyo for the last 50 years. So,、uh, so we've been talking about unique Japanese、uh, pickling agents, and I think,、um, of course, there are many types, but I think、uh, kasu? Yes. Takekasu is really important to、yes. talk about. And the, again, it's, it's not wanting to have anything go to waste.、Mm. Uh, when you're making sake and you're pressing the mash,、uh, you drain off the liquid and that becomes the sake, but then you're left with the、mm. mash, the,、right. the, the, the piece. And、uh, sake kasu, again, in Japan is sold in two very different forms. One is、uh, ita as sheets,、mm. um, and the other is as a paste. Okay. And if you're going to be trying to submerge something in it,、mm. getting it as a paste to begin with is probably the easiest way to,、mm. to manage it.、Um, but the ita, the, the actual sheets themselves, can be、uh, toasted、mm. and eaten as a snack. Oh, wow. Brushed with a little bit of soy sauce,、right. and they're really delicious. Okay, so that's kasu, K A S U. Yeah, right. right. Makes sense because, I, like,、uh, you know, the wine, like muscade,、uh, it's.、Uh, On leaves, right? Right, fermented on leaves. So, like, leaves have a lot of、uh, um, agents to make、yes. food or anything. They, they really do. They have a lot of uh, potential mm. Um, uh, for that. And kasuzuke、right. uh, uh, for fish, for example, like、mm. misozuke, you would make a, a bed. Uh, Uh, for marinating. Probably marinating is a word that I would use rather than pickling, per se.、Mm. And I think one of the important things, if people are going to, if listeners are going to try this on their own, is that you have a container that is not going to react with any of the food.、Mm. So, probably glass or enamel. In Japan, there's a lot of enamel. Wear, horo wear,、mm. uh, enamel line which doesn't react, or ceramic.、Right. Um, but it should not be、uh, metal or plastic.、Mm. Um, right. Well, actually, speaking of, let's talk about the container because I think that's very unique and important. Yes. Japanese pickling. So, what do you need for Is it the, the ceramic or the. The, the material that it's made out of should be non reactive. There shouldn't be any reaction between the container.、Mm. So it's not like some wines where the oak barrel、right. um, <laughs> is, is. I mean, that may be part of it for things like shoyu for soy sauce、mm. and, and sake.、Mm. But for most、uh, tskemono, you're wanting a non reactive. Uh, container.、Mm. And probably the easiest is glass、mm. or、uh, enamel lined or、um, ceramic. Right. Okay. And you need、uh, the pressure, right? Like weight. So sometimes the pressure is as gentle as massaging your shoulders. <laughs> and sometimes the pressure is more、um, defined, and the proportion of weight that's on top. Is a definite formula、mm. relationship with the amount of food that's being、um, uh, pickled. Right. And that's true for a lot of the classic ones like umeboshi, the pickled plums,、mm. and、um, 
also uh, takuan, the, the, the radish. Right. Um, there's a relationship between the amount of salt that's used and the food, but also the amount of weight that you put on top of it. Right. Okay. You don't want to crush it, but you do need to be able to encourage. Mm. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's like uh, it can be, if it's a leafy vegetables, uh, it can be 70% to 100% of the weight of the ingredients. Right. Uh, before you uh, you pickle, right? And uh, I think uh, the root vegetables, hundred twenty percent, hundred fifty percent, that kind of like formula, right? right. Um, so uh, often nowadays there are specific stones of of weights. There's a one, there's a five hundred gram, a one kilo, a two uh. kilo, <laughs> and it's very easy to do your uh, mm. arithmetic. Probably the easiest for people who don't have something and they're trying to create their own setup is to use water. Water is quite heavy, but it's easy to discover how heavy it is by putting mm. it in a measuring cup. Right. Um, because a liter of water is a is a kilo of weight. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, right. So if you put that on top of something, um, but there's also these cute little screw top gadgets. Okay. And I've seen a few of them at the Asian grocery stores here in America. It's got a long name, shoktakutsuke monoki. Mm. Shoktak just means it sits on top of your table and right. the, the, the screw top device. And what it enables you to do is apply very tight pressure but then loosen it mm. once the liquid has begun to rise. Right. And so the uh, gadget has a plate that has holes in it so that liquid can actually rise above. Mm. And as soon as you see that there's a lot of liquid, you can reduce the amount of weight. So convenient. It is. Wow. <laughs> but again, you're not wanting to crush right. the, the food. You're wanting to apply encouraging weight right. on top of it. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, there's so many things to cover, but I just wanted right. to, you know... Um, mentioned some regional versions yes and uh, one of them uh, before the show we're talking right. about ibirigakko right right so can you tell us about that how unique it is um in much of the tohoku and particularly the the, the northeastern part of japan and particularly the part that's on the sea of japan side mm. so not the pacific side of japan um yamagata akita uh in particular um in the winter, people have hearths, mm. <laughs> and it's quite cold. Right. <laughs> and um, foods are often brought inside to dry above the hearth, so there would be this sort of smoky flavor that was mm. uh, imbued into the food. And in addition, it was recognized or noted that it encouraged good flavors and also, to some extent, preservatives. Mm. So the notion of smoke drying mm. a vegetable and then pickling it developed in, in that part of Japan. And um, primarily it's daikon radishes, mm -hmm. and they, are, um, they smell like barbecue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty they're pretty intense. Uh, some of them do change a slight golden color. Mm. Sometimes that's encouraged with um, dried gardenia pods, kuchinashi no mi, right. that are added to make it bright yellow. Mm. Um, but even even without that, to some extent they'll turn uh, slightly yellow and some of them are quite pale. Mm. Um What's notable when you open the package, they, they may be available as uh, vacuum seal packages from Japan. When you open it, it'll smell like 
a good barbecue sauce.、Mm, interesting. So, speaking of, how, how do you incorporate skimono into Japanese style meal? Um, well, can be Western style. I, I think so.、Um, it's, it's wonderful with rice, of course, but also I, I think thinking of it as a salad, and particularly some of these sort of quicker、um, chopped vegetable、um, uh, skemono, I would think of it as a salad that doesn't need any dressing.、Mm. Um, and it could also be a, a bed of vegetables that are on a plate and perhaps a piece of broiled fish. Or meat is put on top of it.、Mm. So, as a sort of a, a side dish, a skeoase, something that's going to go with it.、Um, and then as snacks,、uh, <laughs> they're, they're, some of them are really addictively good. Right. And also, if you have、uh, leftover rice,、yeah. or you know, at the end of、uh, the whole meal, the rice is a little leftover, they can put some、uh, right. skimon on top. It, it, it's, once you have them, there are just lots of ways you can. Think、right. of using them.、Mm-hmm. But it's、uh, the example of Ibrigako. It really tells you that it's so diverse depending on the region. And also, flavor can be barbecue, which is interesting. It, it, it's really very, very different. And then there's you know, umeboshi, which is sort of interesting because throughout Japan,、mm. everybody seems to make them.、Um, and there's relatively little difference. Throughout Japan,、mm. in how they're made. Okay.、Um, it's because it's a kind of personal, like ho- housemade. It is, but, but everybody, I, I'm not sure if it's because the science of it doesn't permit wide variation or whether everybody just discovered or decided that the way most people make it is the best way to make it.、Mm. But、um, when I think of other kinds of、um, regional differences in skimono, For umeboshi, there's relatively little.、Mm. Um, basically, there seem to be several different types. Most of them are the soft, squishy ume,、mm. but every once in a while you'll come across karikari ume, the little sort of very hard, they're,、mm. they're not at all wrinkled.、Right. Uh, people t- I'm not a martini person, but people tell me they're great in martinis. Ah, interesting. Insta- instead of olives.、Um, but most of them are soft and squishy. and If they have that intense pink color, it's because the akajiso leaves have been used.、Mm. Uh, but there are people who, who don't.、Mm. Um, and、uh, then they turn to be a very pale, sort of dusty pink color. Right.、Uh, and the liquid that's left after pickling the plums, umezu,、mm. is also used for other things. Uh, other kinds of pickles, but also a delightful, if you add the equivalent of seltzer water to it,、ah. you make a delightful sort of spritzer.、Right. Um, the color and the flavor. The color, the flavor, and especially in the summertime,、um, mm. it's wonderfully refreshing. Right. And also, I think it adds some、uh, sodium to your blood because, because it's,、uh, you're sweating and it's refreshing. Yes. And it makes sense.、Um, People are surprised when they first taste umezu how salty it is.、Mm. And if it is indeed pure umezu, it's 15 to 20 percent、mm. wow. sodium、mm. because that's the proportion of plum to salt in making, <laughs> right. the, in, in making the umeboshi. So the liquid is going to be that intense,、mm. and usually it's diluted. Right. It's kind of like a or matched, or, yeah, or matched with some sugar. Right. So right. after you run or just take a walk, you sweat and you drink umezu. Right. <laughs> for your health.、Yes. Okay. And、uh, I heard that you tried to、uh, make takuan, which is another 
challenging. My great disaster. I'm not sure that today's the day. Uh, I'm not sure when I'm going to have the 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 confidence to post on Facebook some of the disastrous results. Um, every year when I start my uh, Takuan, I do a page. Right. On, well, Takuan is basically uh, um, usually bright yellow, right? Which it's Takuan radish, right? Takuan radish. And uh, I well, that color used to be natural. Nowadays, it's a, it's kind of a chemical, right. but it's a nukazuke, right? Right. It's it's a nukazuke, and my nuka pot is terrific. Mm. I I think everybody who tastes them loves them, and it's great. Um, but for whatever reason, Takuan and I do not seem to get on, and every possible color and shape of mold mm. that could possibly grow in a pot seems mm. to grow in mine. And I have taken pictures every year of the disasters, <laughs> but I've never posted them. I've only done um, posts on the preparation of mm. um Getting ready to pickle it and in the process of pickling it, but never when I finally remove the lid and take them out. Interesting. <laughs> so even Elizabeth, uh, with the experience of 50 years, it could be challenging. So that's it, another interesting thing it about is, pickling. It is indeed, yeah. Right. It's like gardening, maybe. I think so. <laughs> so the equivalent of not having a green thumb <laughs> mm. when it comes to takwon. I love them, and uh, thankfully I have found... Uh, several producers of Taquan so I can enjoy theirs. Right. And every year I try. <laughs> I try. And anybody want to give me some pointers? I would love to hear them. Mm. But um, So next time we come back, maybe you can just uh, let me have a taste of your successful version of it. I hope so. <laughs> I can bring you some really good umeboshi. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so let's take a look at what happened to uh, what we made earlier. Okay. So the first thing that's happened is a lot of liquid. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so much so that it leaked through the first bag. And mm-hmm. the other thing you have to remember about kombu, you could hear when I, I cracked it. Mm. I, it has sharp edges. Right. Um, okay. So either you're going to cut it very small, mm-hmm. and I probably didn't cut it small enough. So one of the pieces poked uh, a hole in the first bag, and thankfully I had a second bag. <laughs> and so now it's double bagged. Right. And um, I don't think... I think, you'll tell me, I I don't think we're going to have to rinse it off because it's probably not going to be all that terribly salty. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm going to let um, you take a taste and tell me what you think. Let me have a taste. Let's see. We'll both crunch together. Mm. Wow. Mm. Amazing. Serious. And I think the hoxai is sweeter. Mm. Even though it's salt that has been added to it. So, so they haven't figured the technology yet for sharing food on radio, right? <laughs> we can just try to say it. It's called a good imagination. Mm. Hey, well, it's uh, well, seriously, the contrast between, you know, the salt and the sweet part of uh, Napa cabbage totally yes. came out. Yes. Umami of kombu quickly right. in two Very minutes. Very quickly. Yeah. Wow, very impressive. So... Now I can pickle. Right, you can pickle, <laughs> and, and tomorrow or the next day will be even better. Okay, yeah. right, because other enzyme comes into yes. this process. Right. right. So the amino acid breaks down and all those good stuff starts happening. The good happening. stuff is going to start happening. Right. Right. How long does it last? Um, probably you're going to eat it before it, there's going to be any problem, but mm-hmm. I would say at least four or five days. Okay. Um, right. And... 
interestingly, it will become more sour tasting as it, it develops, the enzymes get to work on it. Um, but if when you open it, it has a, a rather sweet smell suddenly, that's a sign usually of spoilage. Okay. Um, so when things have been sour up until then and suddenly they go sweet, mm. that should be a, a red flag that okay. says probably it's not a great idea. Right. But this is mm. so tasty. I don't think it's going to last more than two days. Mm. I don't think so either. <laughs> the other point that I'll, I'll make is that kombu, and it's the natural umami sebo and the natural uh, mm. glutamates that are in there, produces a kind of sticky um, substance. Right. And so you will find, um, I think slimy is both an unfortunate word and not, it's unfair to kombu, <laughs> um, to refer to it that way, but it has a sort of a sticky, almost a right, viscous like kind gooey, of, yeah. So don't be surprised, that's not mm. any sign of spoilage. That's a sign that the umami is going to work right. on it all. So mm. that's good. Okay. Right. Right. All right. So, and uh, you have a recipe that uh, yes. So, downloadable. if you go to tasteofculture.com, my main website, and I have a sort of a blog page called Kitchen Culture, and I've just uploaded one on, and you'll see a picture in which I also had some shredded, um, you know, you peel carrots, mm -hmm. and so those peels should never go to waste, and they're also great in the same mixture. Mm. So, I'm quite sure the picture that I have up on the I'm trying to remember which one I finally chose, has uh, carrot shreds in okay. there as well. And you can download a recipe. And um, give me a couple of hours before I can upload also the, um, the, the story on, on my pickle Yeah, pot. I really enjoyed that okay. uh, Daily Yomiuri article. Okay, right, very so. good. Okay, so uh, thank you for joining us today, Elizabeth. Thank you. Yeah, and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. And uh, listeners, if you'd like to know more about Elizabeth's project, uh, please visit, again, it's tasteofculture.com. And if you have any questions or comments about the show, uh, or suggestions for guests or topics of the show, uh, please contact us at japaneats at heritageradionetwork.org. And Japaneats is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritageradionetwork.org, iTunes, and Stitcher podcast. And today's uh, engineer is uh, Vitoru Hash. And thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. For listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.